Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev sits down for an exclusive interview with True North, where he highlights what he describes as the problems with the liberal government amendments to its firearms legislation. Western University has quietly reversed its controversial vaccine mandate for students, although its mask mandate remains in place. And Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has ended his silence on the ongoing protests in China. But is what he said enough? Hello, Canada. It's Wednesday, November 30th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. I'm Cosman Georgia. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Pierre Polyev joined The Andrew Lawton Show for an exclusive interview that will soon go live. He discussed a number of topics ranging from the Freedom Convoy to firearms legislation. Here's a sneak preview of what he had to say. I also think Justin Trudeau provoked this entire crisis with an entirely unnecessary and unscientific vaccine mandate on truckers. It was imposed as the rest of the world was beginning to lift mandates. And it was imposed on the very people least likely Mm -hmm. to spread a virus because they're in a truck. Now, Polyev came out swinging against new amendments the Liberals have introduced to their controversial firearms legislation. Polyev also told Lawton, this amendment effectively bans hundreds of thousands, if not millions of firearms that are in Canada today that are used for hunting. These are hunting rifles and hunting shotguns. The Liberals in committee last week had proposed an amendment that effectively would expand their ban within Bill C-21 to virtually every semi-automatic rifle and shotgun except for small caliber 22s. The full episode of The Andrew Lawton Show with this exclusive interview with Pierre Polyev will go live on the True North site Wednesday afternoon. Cosman, lots of topics covered in this interview. Uh, Polyev really doubling down on going tough on Justin Trudeau for what happened earlier this year with the vaccine mandates, the trucker mandate. We've just come, come after over 30 days of inquiries into this in the committee. Do you think there's still public interest in discussing this issue? Is Pierre Polyev still kind of in the moment? So personally, yes, I do think there is public interest. We haven't had the decision uh, on the result of the commission uh, and Canadians are are patiently uh, waiting for it to come out. We also have the first anniversary of the convoy coming up this February. So I think it is very much on people's minds and this will be a constant issue that will come up as we approach another election. Yeah, I'm wondering what role firearms legislation is going to play in in the changing politics and and political winds of the country, because we have that that previous sort of stereotype that rural people are more sympathetic to firearms rights, people in urban environments not interested. But as the liberals get increasingly over the top in all of this, I think even urbanites acknowledge, look, if you're just going after people who have long guns for hunting purposes, 
we know this is really not at all connected to the guns illegally getting into Canada via gangs and playing a role in gang warfare that's really fueling this violence. I, I do wonder if more people are, are going to say, what's happening here? I think with this amendment, it becomes really clear that this sort of legislation, this gun control push forward by the Liberals, it it, it isn't targeting uh, criminals. Every Canadian can see that this is specifically targeting law-abiding gun owners, uh, hunters, sports shooters, and whatnot. And the Liberal government has taken a, an increasingly, if you can call it, undemocratic approach by by bringing these, these gun control measures into law, you know, through uh, orders and counsel and a shifty kind of backroom uh, amendments to legislation that totally skips over the procedure of the House of Commons, the debate. And I think Poiliev really has to go after the liberals on this because it's, it's a clear example of Trudeau not respecting, um, you know, the process in the House of Commons and dictating to Canadians what he thinks uh, they should do. The University of Western Ontario quietly dropped its vaccine mandate on Tuesday, months after legal challenges and protests from students opposed to the requirement. Western made the announcement in a situational summary posted on its website on November 29th. The post-secondary school claims that the decision to revoke the mandate came following consultations with public health officials. While students are not required to be vaccinated to attend the university anymore, masking is still required for the foreseeable future. One legal challenge to the university's mandate was dismissed by a judge who claimed that the school was expressly permitted to govern its own affairs. As of September, some students launched yet another challenge to the booster mandate after being denied religious exemptions to the vaccine. So, Anthony, why do you think it took Western University so long uh, to reverse this mandate, despite there being protests and pushback months ago? Yeah, Cosman, I don't want to ignore the question there, but whenever any of these issues are now coming up in, what is it, the last day of November 2022, not, not May 2020, I just, I, I can't take it seriously. Why did it take them this long? Why did they put it in place in the first place? Why is there this hijinks at a couple other universities at the Ottawa School Board? I mean, get a life, people. I don't think anyone's taking this seriously anymore. And True North has done a number of reports on how at these universities, the mask mandates aren't really being followed anyway. And, and the professors, the instructors aren't too keen on enforcing them in the first place. I mean, the whole thing is collapsing because it's kind of silly. For sure. And do you think the university hopes this will go away? You know, they've dropped this mandate, but uh, there have been indications from at least one student group that they're, they're not going to let it slide by so easily. I imagine they probably hope it will go away. And we have seen some legal conclusions, some decisions that have awarded people uh, payments for being wrongfully dismissed, for instance, based on vaccine status. It's not being reported on a lot or discussed a lot, but I understand uh, in the courts, there, there are things that are not in the favor of various workplaces and institutions that have been aggressive on all of this. So I think major institutions are nervous. On yesterday's podcast, we discussed how Prime Minister Justin Trudeau had so far failed to make any statement acknowledging the protests sweeping across China that are already leading to government crackdowns. Shortly after our episode went to air, though, Trudeau did make a statement to media on the issue in the foyer of the House of Commons. Here's what he said. 
Canadians uh, are watching very closely. Uh, obviously, everyone in China uh, should be allowed to express themselves, uh, should be allowed to uh, you know, share their, um, their perspectives uh, and, uh, indeed, protest. We're going to continue uh, to ensure uh, that China knows we'll stand up for human rights, we'll stand uh, with people who are expressing themselves. Uh, we also need to make sure that China and places around the world are respecting journalists and their ability to do their job. Uh, we'll continue to make that very clear. But now the question becomes whether what Trudeau said was sufficient enough, given the fears that communist leader Xi Jinping may enact a brutal crackdown similar to what happened in Tiananmen Square decades ago. By way of contrast, Rishi Sunak, the new United Kingdom prime minister, came down hard on China and the regime, saying they are slipping into, quote, ever greater authoritarianism. Trudeau's remarks, though, come at a time when the government has already acknowledged the need to decouple from China and is pushing for tighter alliances with other Indo-Pacific nations. So Cosman, what is it? Is it partisan games to, to criticize and analyze Trudeau's statement? Should we just say, well, he did say people have the right to protest, kind of partially sided uh, with the protesters uh, and leave it at that? Or should we say, no, we should expect firmer words from him comparable to what we heard from the UK prime minister? So uh, at the same time, you know, there's the big elephant in the room and that is Trudeau's own stance uh, with protests here at home. He just came out of testifying at the Public Order Emergency Commission. And so I think that everybody is thinking about that when he makes his comments. Uh, I do believe that it is a good thing that he is encouraging to some degree protesters in China because uh, they have been what they've gone through these last uh, few years has been unacceptable. Whether it's enough, uh, I don't think so. But we see the liberals uh, taking a more tougher approach to China, at least uh, on the surface. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this plays out in terms of pol foreign policy and uh, international relations. Yeah, certainly. It's nice to finally see the Trudeau government get to a little less, I guess, obsequious to China. I mean, it took forever to get the Huawei ban in place, despite all our allies basically demanding we do it or else we'd be shut out of so much going on. So one wants to at least acknowledge the positive steps forward. At the same time, is Trudeau now going to be almost nervous about saying more aggressive things because they already are talking about the decoupling? They, they know they're upsetting Xi Jinping to, to a little bit, to a bit of a degree. They're clearly trying to manage expectations now. For sure. And the Jinping regime could become totally unpredictable as it faces more domestic disturbances and chaos and uh, these types of uh, large-scale movements. And I think that is probably making the international community, the G20 countries, you know, uh, NATO nervous because we don't know how they are going to react in terms of their uh, against their own population, but also with with regard to their neighbors like Taiwan. So it is a very, very pressing issue. And I think a lot of a lot of people around the world will be paying a lot of attention to this. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.